Hey friends, this is Tina Turner. Thanks for tuning in today to the More Precious Than Gold podcast, where we will examine God's Word each episode and find that it is trustworthy, true, and always more precious than gold. I'm so excited for this week's episode as we're starting our second week in our new series, Women Who Fear the Lord. Last week, we looked at women who fear the Lord. They are the ones who will be praised. They shall be praised. And let's define fear the Lord here. This was in our lesson last week, but I want to remind us each week as we study these women who fear the Lord, what that really means in Scripture. Not just a fear of the Lord that God can destroy us or that His wrath could destroy us, but a deep respect and admiration for him, to show a devoted honor to him, to regard him as the one who is great and worthy, the one that is holy because his character proves it. So we would go and revere him. We would have a strong reverence for him. So that's the definition that we're looking at as we think about Rahab, the prostitute this week. Rahab, the prostitute, she fears the Lord. I can't wait to get into this lesson. It is so exciting. Go get your Bible and meet me back here. As we begin our lesson for this episode, may I ask you a few questions? Has there ever been a time in your life when you thought, wow, God could never really use me. I would be the most unlikely person that God would ever use for his kingdom to do incredible things for him. Perhaps you think, I've just blown it so badly. There's so much regret in my life, shame maybe, even in my life. God could never use me. Can I tell you that God even used a woman who was a prostitute in his sovereignty? He used a prostitute to get the work done that he needed done for his nation, Israel. And not only that, She's recorded in Scripture, in James, Hebrews, and Matthew about how incredible her faith is. I can't wait for you to hear that God uses the most unlikely people to do incredible things in His kingdom. Let's open to Joshua chapter 2 and see her story. Starting in verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of the prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I don't know where they came from. And at dusk, when it was time for the city gate to close, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had actually taken them to the roof and hidden them under some stalks of flax that she had laid out there. So the men set out in the pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone and the gate was shut, before the spies laid down that night, she went up on the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land to you and to 
your God, that great fear has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorite east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For your Lord, your God, is the God of heaven above and the earth below. Now then swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother and brothers and sisters and all who belong to them that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured. If you don't tell anyone what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house that she lived in was part of the city wall. Now she had said to them, Go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go your way. The men said to her, This oath you made us swear will not be binding unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in your window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father, your mother, your brothers and sisters and your family into the house. If anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will not be on our hands, but on his head. We will not be responsible for as for anyone who is in the house with you, his blood will be on our head if one hand is laid upon him. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from this oath that you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you have said. So she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied a scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until their pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun. They told him everything that had happened to them. They said, Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into the hands of the people. I mean, into our hands. And all the people are melting in fear because of us. Isn't that an incredible story? And I will tell you that it ends well. In Joshua chapter 6, the children of Israel do go into Jericho and they do exactly as the Lord commands. They march around the city gates six days. And after that, on the seventh day, they blow the trumpets and the walls come tumbling down. They are able to go in and take the city. And in the midst of all of that chaos, Rahab, with her red cord in the window, and all of her family are protected and saved. God, in his sovereignty, went before her and took care of her just as the spies had said. Now, what's the context or the background to all that's going on in our lesson today? Joshua is the new leader of Israel after the death of Moses. We find that out in Joshua chapter 1. And God has commanded him to be strong and courageous. He told him, Joshua, anywhere that you go, I will be with you. You be strong and courageous and don't be afraid. You go and no one will be able to stand up against you. And I will give you every place where you set your foot. So it is in chapter two that we pick up Joshua talking to the spies. And the spies, of course, end up with the prostitute Rahab. 
not just any woman's house, but a prostitute's house. It's a reminder of what God had already said. I will be with you wherever you go. This was a very interesting place of refuge for the spies to end up. But God is going to move in spite of all of that. It's encouraging when we think about it, that God is able to use anyone to accomplish his purpose. Most people would have overlooked a prostitute, but God looks at the heart. He loves to take the overlooked people in our world and add his grace to their lives and display his glory and splendor and majesty. God moves in to build her faith in him. And by his sovereignty, Rahab's faith would stand against her own fear to rescue the spies. Let's take a little bit deeper look into her story. We're going to see first that she considers God and what she knows about God. And then we're going to see how she commits her life fully to him. The spies are in her house and she receives word from the king of Jericho to bring the men out um, because they're spies. Now look, she has two choices here. She can give up the spies or she can protect them. She chooses to go against the king and to not fear him, but fear God instead and rescue the spies. She had already actually hidden them on the roof of her house. And so she tells the messengers, these men, they came to my house, but I don't know where they came from. And at dusk they left. And I don't know which way they went, but hurry if you're quick, perhaps you can find them. The messengers set out in hot pursuit and Rahab goes up to the roof. And this is where we see what she knows about God. She speaks to the hidden spies and she says this, I know that the Lord has given you this land. Great fear has fallen upon all of us. And we are melting in fear because all that we have heard your God has done. We have heard that the Lord dried up the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt. He gave you the power to destroy Sion and Og. Our heart melted in fear and everyone's courage failed us because of all that we've heard about him. The Lord, your God, is God in heaven and on earth. She fears this God more than she fears the king of Jericho because she knows there's something magnificent about him. All that she has heard, all that she considers about him measures up to be much more and much more authority, much more power than just the king of Jericho. She hid these men because she feared the one true God. Something to notice here, though. She lied. Could God have protected the spies without her lie? Of course he could. Of course he could. But many times when I teach this passage, I hear people ask about how can God bless a lie? I'm not saying in this passage that God blesses a lie. I'm saying that he used Rahab to save the spies in spite of a lie. But there are two more perspectives that I want to give you. Most likely, part of her pagan lifestyle, especially as a prostitute, before she had placed her full faith in God, would have been to lie often. Most prostitutes are in a habit of lying. They don't tell who they sleep with. They don't tell who comes and goes from their house. They would never tell the truth about those things. And therefore, I would say that's just part of her life. She might not have even thought twice about what she said as she lied. Perhaps she even felt it was necessary 
to save those two men and ultimately to save her whole family because her plan was not just to save the spies, but if she could help them, perhaps they would help her. But all of it was based on the fact that she knew that God was going to give them the victory when they came in to take the city. And she wanted to make sure that she was on the right side when all of that went down. There's other times in histories too, in history also, that I can think of something like this happening. I think about Corrie Ten Boom and the um, Holocaust and how her and her family hid Jews from the Nazis so that they would not be taken to concentration camps. And once they were actually found out, Corrie Ten Boom and her family ended up in a concentration camp. Another thing that I've taught in school lots of times to students is about the Underground Railroad and how Harry Tubman took hiding escaped slaves to safe houses. The people in those safe houses probably would not have told the truth when the people came to the door and asked, where are you hiding the slaves? Again, I think all of this shows that God's sovereignty is able to accomplish his purpose with or without us and absolutely in spite of us. Her first step in faith, Rahab's first first step in faith, was to acknowledge that she considered truth. She looked at what she knew about God, and she considered it as true. What she knew about God is what governed what she did. And later we see that she risked everything, everything, to be able to protect the spies and keep her word. She says to them, Swear to me by the Lord, show kindness to my family, because I have sworn kindness to you. Give me a sign. She was looking to their God to be her protector, not the king of Jericho. Our lives for your lives, they agree, if you don't tell. So it seems to me that they were going along with the lie as well. The spies of Israel were going along with the lie as well. Don't tell anyone what's going on. If you do tell, then we will be released from our oath. She is fully committed to following this oath that she has given, and she does not stop at considering. When she has to take action, when she has to put her faith in action, when she has to put in action all that she believes about God, she does. She does exactly what she says. As she promised, she helped them escape. She put a scarlet rope in her window and she saved the spies' lives. Her commitment showed her faith in God. She understood that God was trustworthy. Have you ever fully committed your life to God? Not just considered who he might be or considered what you know about him or considered the things you've heard about him, but have you really ever taken the risk like like Rahab to fully commit your life to him. You know, God saves sinners, even prostitutes that put their faith in him. Fear him more than the kings of this world. Put your faith in him, and no matter what you've done, he is able to forgive. One more point about Rahab's faith. Her faith was in God. She did not simply have faith that everything was going to work out. I hear that in our world today often. People will say things like, oh, we'll just believe and everything will work out. Believe in what? If you don't have faith in God for it to work out, if you're not believing in God for it to work out, you have no guarantee that things are going to work out. Her faith was in the Almighty 
in his power, and her faith was in the trustworthy God. A woman who puts their faith in God is one who fears God, and she is the one that will be lifted up. And we're going to see how that happens also. She is commended for her faith because of what she did. Now, I'm really glad that the only part of Rahab's life that we see is not just in Joshua, but it's also in James and in Hebrews and in Matthew. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 17, when the walls come tumbling down, no harm comes to Rahab and her family. God commends her faith by protecting her just as the spies had promised. In James chapter 2, verse 25, James remembers the faith of Rahab, and he says that she is counted righteous because she proved her faith by her commitment and her actions. Her faith was not dead. She put her faith in actions, even at the risk of losing her own life. In Hebrews chapter 11, now that's the chapter in scripture that highlights all of the people from ancient times that put their faith in God. She is listed among the people of great faith there and commended for her faith. One more place to see how Rahab was commended for her faith is in the genealogy of Christ, chapter one of Matthew. 1,000 years before the birth of Jesus, God in his sovereignty knew every detail. He planned out every detail. He even promised certain details and fulfilled each one of them completely. Rahab was a part of that. You see, royalty depends on heritage, a pedigree, ancestry. And this genealogy traced Jesus all the way back to David, even before David, Abraham, giving Jesus the royal credentials needed to be king. And Matthew always presented Jesus as king. This genealogy was authentic record of the tribes of Israel, a very unique list. It was guarded and kept in the temple. In fact, to be taken seriously in work, a man must be prepared to prove his lineage, especially if he were to be something like a priest. All priests had to come from the tribe of Levi. Jewish people, especially in that day, took such a genealogy very seriously. It was their legal authenticity. It was the line of royalty from King David. All Jewish history prepared the way for the king, prepared the way for King Jesus. And you guys, Rahab is a part of that history. Another thing that makes this genealogy so unique is it's the very last one in scripture. Genealogies were no longer needed after Jesus. He is the king of all. No other lineage is needed. He is the promised prophet. No other lineage needed. He is the great high priest. No other priest needed. Now there are other women listed in this genealogy. But for our lesson today, I just want to remind you that because Rahab demonstrated her faith in a practical way, she received mercy and grace from God. And she is listed here. And I think the most beautiful part about it is in all the other places we see her in scripture, she is called Rahab the prostitute. But in this genealogy of Jesus, she is just called Rahab. I love that. That just reminds me that God can wipe away whatever title we don't want in our life if we'll just bring that title to him. 
You know, God is able to forgive any sin that we bring to him and he wipes it out of our life so that we don't have to be identified with that any longer. God chooses unlikely people for his purpose, just like he did Rahab. She was not overlooked. She was not forgotten about. She was protected. She was saved. And she was commended for her faith. In this list, the only person that isn't unlikely is Jesus. All of the other people listed here are sinners. All of them are imperfect. All of them flawed. And all of them were disobedient. The only one who wasn't is Jesus. Scripture clearly tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But when God calls us to himself, he is the one that builds our faith and grows our faith and allows us to come to a place where we fear him. And isn't it beautiful? We ended last week's lesson with a woman who fears the Lord. She shall be praised. Rahab, no longer a prostitute, but a woman who fears the Lord, she has been praised. Do you see yourself as an unlikely person to be used by God? Maybe you've had difficult circumstances or you just feel unqualified. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you feel like your credentials are just not enough. Maybe you have a history of sin or disobedience in your life. Will you trust God to forgive you? Will you trust that same God that Rahab trusted to forgive you and to use you in a powerful way for his kingdom? His goal, his desire for us, Ephesians says, is for us to know him. And after we know him, to know the work that he has called us to. All of us that belong to Jesus have a work to do in his kingdom. And I just love that even those that are the most unlikely candidates, he uses in the most powerful ways. How will you trust Jesus with this lesson? What will you do with it? Let's pray. Wow, Lord, how incredible that you take even the people in the world that everybody else will look down upon and you raise them up. You raise them up because you forgive us and you clean us up. And more importantly, you allow us to know who you are in such a way that we can truly fear you, that we can revere you, that we can hold you in high esteem, that we can acknowledge who you are to the world around us. I thank you for the faith of Rahab because it brings encouragement to my life. I am not a perfect woman. Oh, Lord, there are things in my past I don't want to be my title. And I thank you that you destroy the titles of disobedience. You destroy the titles of rebellion. You destroy the titles of sin in our life. And you give us titles of the women who fear the Lord, they shall be praised. Lord, help us desire to fear you more than we fear all of the other things around us. Lord, that we would not live a life of fear, but we'd live a life of faith. And that our faith would be in you and in you alone. We ask all of this in your powerful, beautiful, high and lifted up name. Amen.